Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. It's a beautiful day to record a podcast. It's been a beautiful weekend in the Garden State. And as such, we got to experience the return of some uh, actual hockey playing happening with our favorite team, the New Jersey Devils, as training camp is underway. So uh, the prospects tournament has ended by now as well. We, we've, we've seen, you know, some flashes of the future potentially in New Jersey, but here to talk about all the changes that have occurred and all the changes that are still occurring in Devil's Camp is myself, Dan Roselle, and I'm joined as always by John Fisher. How's it going, John? It goes well on this lovely day. It you know, it's technically now fall, but it feels like spring because spring brings mind of growth, new beginnings, optimism. And that is the general feeling with pretty much the devils and most of the other fan bases in the league since it is now training camp and preseason has begun for a couple teams and will begin for the devils this week. Mm-hmm. So the devils will face off against the capitals on September the 29th um, as part of their first, I think that's their first preseason game, but it is okay. Perfect. So before they get there, they need to try and figure out who's actually going to be making the team. So we have a 50 person, uh, squad at training camp and it's a lot of names that you would expect and maybe one or two surprises so far so john you want to give us the uh maybe not the whole list since we know the yeah, names that 20, are supposed it's to be 29 there. forwards and 15 yeah. defensemen and six goaltenders um, what are some uh, highlights that you're seeing there sure. maybe players that you didn't expect to see at training camp or players that um you didn't expect to have an opportunity to make the devils as they have Right. So pretty much everybody from the prospect challenge at forward made the training camp, except for Patrick Grasso, Tyler Irvine, Jordan Kaplan, and Luke Stevens. Grasso, Irvine, and Kaplan were signed for Utica over the summer. So they're going to, they're going to show up at Utica camp, which is probably going to be next week. Luke Stevens was on a tryout. So unfortunately that meant he did not make it to at least the, the main training camp. However, there are, there are three other tryouts of note and one of whom you may be very familiar with because he was the source of some controversy years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy VC, the man who spurned Nashville, the Harvard grad who said, I'm going to take my talents to Manhattan. Well, um, his career has kind of uh, been in a tailspin since being dealt away from uh, our hated rivals. And uh, as he's put it himself, he's here to get a job with anybody. Yeah. He's now on a PTO. We, and- we talked to VC Jankowski and, um, uh last week but we did not talk gothier yeah he's new he he was a late addition to the uh, forward group Mm -hmm. um he's big but uh spoiler everybody just because you're big doesn't mean you know how to use it and that's kind of big gothier's uh reputation Mm -hmm. um he again he's similar he's in the same boat as vc and jankowski where they just need a job they need to do well enough to get a job either with new jersey or do well enough for preseason get a job with someone else that's Mm -hmm. kind of their uh situation 
And so far, I mean, through one scrimmage, VZ has made himself uh, prominent. He's made himself visible and had a great scrimmage yesterday, contributing a goal and two assists. So um, that third center slot that was vacated by the recently retired Travis Zajac, congratulations to him, by the way. What a career for that guy. But yep. um, we'll talk more about that later on. But that third center slot that was vacated there, um, you know, VC's making some sort of case for the bottom six right now uh, as of that first scrimmage he did pretty well and seemed to have some good chemistry with some of the players there so uh, we'll see how he does the rest of the um, preseason but I haven't really heard anything about any of the other tryouts or any of the no. other um, surprising prospects except maybe not surprising given his play at the prospects challenge but Dawson Mercer seems to be making a big big case for himself as well well again you have to temper expectations early on since the Devils literally just had their first scrimmage. I think they're going to have their second scrimmage shortly after we're done recording. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the real trials are going to come starting Wednesday. Um, you know, the Devils have a 50-man roster. They need to cut that down to 23 men by, uh, or at least before October 15th. So a number of these names are pretty much obvious, like Ryan Schmelzer, for example. He's on an AHL-only deal, so he obviously can't make the team. So mm -hmm. obviously he's not going to last. And then you got guys like Chase DeLeo, Brian Flynn, Nate Schnarr. AJ um, Greer. AJ Greer. So, you know, those guys are likely to be heading to Utica after this week, regardless. But, yeah, Merce, the goal for guys like Mercer, Jankowski, um, I'll even throw Boakfist, uh, Jesper Boakfist, into this group because he hasn't been very good in the NHL level. Um, you can also add Marion Studenich and Tyson Thompson to this list as well. You know, these, this week is going to be an important week for them to show off, not just in the pre, if they get into the preseason games, but how they perform at scrimmages, how they perform in practices, how they perform in drills, how they perform in off ice sessions, mm -hmm. um, basically show to the decision makers that, you know, they're worth keeping around for a couple extra games. And, you know, it, it's an iterative process. You, you're basically working for an opportunity to get another opportunity. And hopefully by October 7th, uh, you're hanging out with the quote unquote uh, uh, full roster as opposed to hanging out with the Comets. Yeah. And the, another thing that this training camp is being used for, which it's, you know, it, it's always the case, but to try out certain line combinations mm -hmm. and partnerships between um, you know players that will definitely make the team, but you can see basically some version, the, the, team right now is split into basically three sessions a b and c and you mm -hmm. can see line combinations that would make sense for the main team given who we know is going to be there um being tried out basically one per team so the hughes line is on one team then you have nico heischer's line another and uh, i think they're also throwing around no zaka's with heischer but th there's a lot of combinations being worked out right now and it seems like the team is trying to basically make sure Andreas Janssen has a good start too, because he's getting a lot of time with the, the marquee centers. I think they saw some of the underlying stats from last year and said, okay, it is almost impossible that he will be this unlucky again this year or mm. lack this ability to finish, which who knows? It, it could just be who he is as a player at this point, but they are giving him plenty of opportunities to try and bounce back, which is good. It, it wasn't an empty trade then if he's if he manages to find something that he really did not have all of last season. Yeah, certainly. And again, this is the sort of purpose of uh, preseason games for everybody. You know, you look at the line combinations, go, oh, my goodness, I would never want to see that in an NHL game. And guess what? You're probably not. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as we know, injuries happen. Bad runs of form happen. Guys have bad streaks. 
so you need to know what your options are. So knowing whether or not Andreas Janssen can hang with a Nico Heischer or a Jack Hughes is important to know in your back pocket, even if you already have penciled in your mind that Thomas Tatar or Yannick Kwakinen is going to play on the left side with uh, either of those centers. Or likewise, knowing who at right wing can step up in case Yegor Sharangovich or um, Jesper Brat needs to be used elsewhere. You know, this, this is the purpose of preseason, uh, just to try things out, experiment, because the games don't matter. And mm-hmm. don't worry so much about if the Devils get waxed you know, by Washington and the two New York teams this week. And again, the following week, the more important thing is the guys are healthy. The guys get into shape and the coaching staff has a semblance of an idea of what they want to do when the games start to count in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, it really is the introduction to not only, you know, the new players to the system, but new players to the locker room as well. It, it's, it's getting an idea of what the, personality of the squad is going to be like who are these people that you're going to be spending so much time with and we'll finally get to see some of those new defense pairings happening um i think the one that people are most excited about is graves hamilton that's going to be participating in the scrimmage today yes and obviously among the defensemen you know not a ton of surprises tyler Wotherspoon is here on a pto he's kind of an ahl lifer at this point um robbie russo was signed for utica he's with the team colton white is with the group as well. But uh, it's other than that, it's prospects at death players and obviously the big names. And, uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton and Graves, I think is a combination. They'll definitely want to work with the start and don't be super shocked. If you see Hamilton pair with someone else, just to say, okay, well, let's say Graves needs to be used elsewhere again. Like who else, who else can play well with Hamilton? You know, is it Ty Smith? Is it somebody, you know, could, do you want to move somebody to their offhand like a Damon Severson or, or even a PK Subban, you know, just to get a sense of like who, what are your options are if, and when you do need to make, uh, make a change within the lineup for whatever reason. But I will agree that Graves and Hamilton is definitely a pairing that people are justifiably excited about. Uh, Hamilton himself is going to be an exciting factor, especially if he's playing a lot with Jack Hughes. I know Corey Massasak of the athletic has talked uh, plenty of effusive praise for, Hughes just flying down the wing or flying down into the zone, dropping it back for Hamilton, and then Hamilton unleashing a heavy shot that uh, makes things happen. Um, that's going to be a fun thing to see a lot this season, and, and I hope it works out because that could be very productive. But having someone like Graves along with him can help solidify the pairing and um, help out on the back end because that's more of Graves' uh, MO as mm-hmm. a player. Yeah, and so far the other pairings seem to be um... – Subban Siegenthaler and Smith Severson. A lot of S names on defense for the Devils this year. Yeah, if you have a lisp, this is not the call. (laughs) Yes, it's a tough one. Uh, But Jaros is also going to likely factor in as that competition for the seven defensemen alongside, I don't know, Riley Walsh, Kevin Ball, some of those guys. The Utica guys. You can just call them the Utica people. Sure. And again, just just to emphasize, Utica's preseason starts next week uh mm-hmm. not this coming week but the following week uh so just as the devil's preseason is ending the comets preseason is going to be beginning so again don't be super shocked that after october 2nd after the afternoon game in bridgeport that you start seeing a lot of cuts because utica needs a training camp uh, yeah. they need to know who's going to go there and get ready for those games so keep an eye out on those Utica players, both at uh, forward and defenseman, to see who sticks around. Don't worry so much about the goaltenders because let's be real. It's Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier. That's your, that's your yep. pandem. There's no competition here. Shout out to Marek Smitens for making it. 
uh, at a prospect out of the prospect challenge to be the sixth goaltender among the uh, rotation, mm-hmm. but he's on an AHL only contract. So his future is going to be in Utica slash Adirondack anyway. So, and regardless, um, hey, he's here, you know, even if they're not going to be on the devils, this is still such valuable experience for them. I mean, there's, there's devils legends, basically parading the halls, leading practices. You have names that, you know, I grew up with names that you Mm-hmm. knew very very well with Patrick Eliash at practice and now uh, Sergey Brillin who's still involved with the organization has been this whole time and now Travis Zajac himself it seems like there's I don't know if it's a consequence so much of you know just optimism in the season or the fact that everyone's able to do these things in person again especially the media stuff yeah but there's just a, such a good energy around camp and around the publicization of camp or everything that's happening there just seems like it has really good vibes right now. And I'd love to see that keep going. Yeah. And you know, for all the talk and it's been a bit of a cliche and a point of uh, mockery uh, in other sports about, you know, building a culture, you know, whether it's a company culture, a team culture, a locker room culture, et cetera. But seeing the fact that guys like Patrick Eliash and Travis Zajac and older uh, players of the past are still in the organization as assistant coaches or in some other capacities like Sergey Breland really speaks to the culture that Lou Lamorello and the staff back then set up because, you know, it would have been very easy for these guys to go work elsewhere. And we have seen that, you know, a lot of times in hockey management, you have to go where the jobs are. You know, it's less about... um, team loyalty it's okay the job's open in boston so i'm jay pandolfo i'm gonna go take a job there uh i have to go where the opportunities are but it is a Madden too right he did something similar with the panthers and yeah exactly but john John madden also played for the panthers too okay yeah it was a a logical conclusion in his case but yeah pandolfo went to college in boston so i guess he still had some significant connections there too Right. But the point I'm trying to make here is that it's it's more it's hard enough in this day and age with free agency and the hard salary cap that you have to make some business decisions on some players. And also, you don't know what goes behind the scenes between the player interactions and the coach interactions and the management interactions. But it is always um, pleasant to see former players returning to the team and wanting to help out, wanting to give their two cents to the next generation of players, the players that in Zajac's case, literally left behind from last season since he played with a whole bunch of these guys. (laughs) Um, You know, he can relate to them much more easily and at the same time provide a different perspective for the Lindy Ruffs and the Tom Fitzgeralds in the organization. Mm -hmm. And let's get back to Zajac here. Um, The fact that he basically was the best matchup player against Sidney Crosby for the duration of his career is nothing short of spectacular. I mean, Travis Zajac was the lockdown guy. He didn't mm-hmm. have gaudy point totals, but no. he was as sturdy and as reliable as you could ask anyone in his role. It's something that he played up and down the lineup throughout different parts of his career. He was a stalwart devil who still, you know, represented and still represents everything that the devils are supposed to be about. Everything, you know, the way that the Lemaire style player, maybe it's someone who really emphasized the, the little little points of the game but when it all came together he created one very very solid hockey player and congratulations to him again he obviously was contemplating this for a while i'm sure you know fitzgerald mentioned that he had reached out about coming back this year but the more time zajac spent away from the rink and with his family he came to the decision that was best for him and we really appreciate him for his time in new jersey and all the uh all the ways he's going to continue to help the organization as a consultant as well 
Right. I mean, it, it remains to be seen whether or not this consulting position is just more of whether it's, you know, you're just out of hockey. Let's, you know, ease your way out of the game. Because for a player, a lot of players, it's really hard to leave the game because this isn't just something that you've been doing as a career. It's also something you've been preparing for since you were 12, 13, 14 years old. A good chunk of your developmental life <laughs> has been devoted to the game. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's almost like, OK, now I'm done with the game. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why a lot of these uh, former players, they go into a coaching or a management uh, level, whether that's at a local level for a youth team like Christoph Oliwa does here in New Jersey, or whether that's uh, someone like Zajac getting a consulting job or someone like Mark Tambrador getting an assistant GM role with St. Louis literally you know, a couple months after he retired. Yeah. Um, and then still finding his way back to New Jersey, speaking about that culture that you're talking about. Exactly. Like, it, you know, the, the bridge was not burned to the point where, or burned at all that, you know, he, yeah. he was willing to come back and the organization was willing to welcome him back, which is mm-hmm. good to see. Um, getting back to Zajac, I do want to highlight a specific date because, uh, you know, Zajac hit a milestone last season. Mm-hmm. Um, he became the fourth devil in franchise history to play a thousand games with the organization. And uh, to be fair, playing a thousand games doesn't seem like a big accomplishment until you realize that only a couple hundred NHL players have ever done it. Mm-hmm. And that's in the entire history of the NHL from going back to 1917, where thousands on thousands on players have played and, you know, being able to play for a thousand games um, is an achievement. You know, it means that you've been good enough to stay in this league for an extensive amount of time. And, you know, it's hard to be a scrub and play that many games. Like, mm-hmm. You have to be good enough by the coaching staff. You're constantly having younger players and other players brought into the organization to compete for maybe your job or your job in five years. And Zajac has been more than capable of holding it on for the reasons you just said. He was a very, very solid uh, all three zone player. Um, I like to call him John, the poor man, Jonathan Taves. So <laughs> if you like Jonathan Taves, you got him and you basically have a value store version of of him and Travis Zajac and that's not a knock on Zajac that's a compliment um in any case but he celebrated his thousandth game without fans last season um but the Devils are going to do right by him and they're going to celebrate it on March 10th 2022 Mm -hmm. when the Devils play his hometown Winnipeg Jets so that's why they're doing it on a Thursday night because you know Zajac is from Winnipeg um I'm sure there were plenty of rumors when his contracts were ending that, you know, would he go back to Winnipeg? Would he ever want to go home? And the answer to that was no. Yep. But he, uh, the, he established a life here. It made sense that he would yeah. only really be in he the He became area. a New Jersey. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. Not everybody wants to go back to their original home hometown or home state, Zach Parise. John um, <laughs> or, or, or others that we could name. Yeah. Um, the, the reality is, is that um, I think it's great that the Devils are going to do right by him. And I hope the crowd is full as they could be for a Thursday night game in March against Winnipeg as it could be mm-hmm. and, and gives Ajax the proper ovation that he deserves. Well, so let me ask you an opinion question. Do yeah. we see the number 19 eventually in the rafters? No. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> no, unfortunately for Zajac, um He didn't win a cup. Well, it's not, it's not just that, because Sergey Brillerlin won three, and his net number isn't in the Which, Raptors either. Which, again, is like kind of the case I'm trying to make here of why not. <laughs> okay, well, the, the reality is, is that as much as I just said Travis Zajac, and you just said that Travis Zajac is a very solid player, at no point was he like the franchise leader or the franchise, like the best X in franchise history. Like, Eliash is the best forward in Devil's history. 
Yeah, I, he like, he. So Zajac played more games as a devil than any of the names up there except Elias, right? And well, Danico. And, and I'm trying to remember if Niedermeyer. Probably not as a devil. Well, the point is, oh, and Brodor, obviously. We can't forget about Brodor. He played Did, a yeah, million yeah. games with the devils. Well, yeah. Um, nevertheless, it's not about necessarily games played. It's also, you know, what did you achieve and what did you represent as the organization? And unfortunately for Zajac, um, you know, some of his best years were, as the devils were, for lack of a better term, declining as an organization. He was sort mm-hmm. of... Um, you know, the, the, the player to rely on as the team's quality started to dwindle. The golden age, so to speak, was ending. And, um, you know, it wasn't Zajac's fault. You know, Zajac did his job admirably. But um, if, if a guy like Sergey Breland, who's, you know, seen as this utility player um, par excellence for the Devils three championships, if John Madden, who was maybe the best defensive center of, of his generation or among them, along with Yuri Letnin, isn't up there, um, if guys like John McClain aren't up there, then I don't really see a pathway for Zajac to be up there. Yeah, that's fair. It, it, he'll be some some sort of ring of honor. Um, the Devils started that, but they've never continued it, and that's sad because the the upper deck could use some color. It could use yeah. some you know something other than just a black uh, background and a, and a red little number that says this is what section it is. You know, and, and there are plenty of uh, there. plenty of good hard nosed candidates for that, but we'll we'll yeah. see what they decide to do. Um, beyond the, you know, honoring him for the thousandth game, which is still a, a huge deal, as you were alluding to. It's something that yeah. is no small accomplishment. And um, yeah. again, and to do it with one organization is even harder. Yeah, that's that's very true. He, he played a few games, got a cup of coffee on the island, and then called it a career. So uh, again, you can't congratulate the man enough. He did a exactly what he was asked to do exactly when he was asked to do it in almost every case. And that 2012 cup run, uh, cup run literally does not happen without Zajac scoring in um, double overtime. That's right. The Florida series was that scary, everybody. <laughs> Believe it or not, they were two overtimes away from never getting past the first round in over a decade. So yeah. And John Madden <sighs> would nearly, nearly did it to them when he got three straight rebound tries in the first overtime in game seven. But this isn't about the past. This is about the future. And yeah, so the future includes a lot of new faces and a lot of, um, you know, new, I guess, kind of new ways to go about the league. And what I'm referring to now is the report that came out from the Players Association uh, from Don Fair, who said, um, oh, no, sorry, maybe, maybe it wasn't Don Fair, but uh, whoever was in charge said that they thought that there would be something like 15 10 to 15 unvaccinated Bill players, Daly. Bill the Daly, NHL that's de- it was. The NHL deputy commissioner said that there as part go. of the uh, media, media proposition, which is actually impressive considering there's one league, NBA, that doesn't want to... <laughs> doesn't want to really get vaccinated. Well, so so when he gave this press conference, it's something along the lines of 10 to 15 players total that they expected to not be fully vaccinated by definition by the time the season starts. And now we are well aware, as we've seen on the team's uh, beat, that there is at least one devil, and I think only one devil in camp right yes. now, who was going to get vaccinated and changed his mind. Uh, we're not here to speculate as to who it is until the team decides to announce it. And also, it should be pretty obvious if that remains the case, because that player will not be able to accompany them into Canada and hence play in 11% of their total games. Right. And, you know, given that the NHL and the PA, the PA also agreed to this. So this isn't just the league that came up with this, like the union also came up with this. 
where, you know, if you are unable to participate in team activities, and that's not just going up to Canada, Dan, that's also if there's team functions with uh, the community, if there's team, you know, functions in a public place, you know, um, you know, where for whatever reason you need to be vaccinated, that, that player cannot participate. And if you cannot participate in a team activity or traveling, you are suspended without pay. Mm-hmm. So you are literally leaving money on the table for, for all of you who do not know in the NHL, you do not get your money. Like, like a regular job, like you get your paycheck every two weeks or every one week or whatever the pay cycle may be. You effectively get paid by the day you're in the NHL, which is why two-way contracts are a big deal. It's why call-ups for veteran NHL players are seen as a, um, a favor to them to, you know, give them a, you know, a boost in their pay paycheck a little bit. Um, so leaving money on the, so being suspended without pay means you're literally leaving money on the table. Um, and all you had to do was get a shot that people have been getting since March and April. <laughs> like it's not that difficult to go out and do, especially now. Um, I think we've said this before, but also if you're looking for long-term data on this, consider that 3.4 billion people approximately have been vaccinated and uh, a wide and not insignificant percentage of them have had nothing adverse happen because of it. Exactly. I mean, this is, you know, if, if you are that concerned about a, a, an adverse reaction, like a potential allergic reaction, or you have a health condition, then you need to see your doctor. Um, and the doctor will help you out in this case. And, uh, and the NHL actually does allow that. Like the NHL and the PA does say that, you know, if, if there is a medical condition, mm-hmm. um, that's different. But um, well, I'm glad you said the word doctor because doctor does not mean social media site. Please consult medical professionals. Thank you very much. Correct. And and related to that, don't don't go onto social media and try to figure out who this one devil is, because ultimately, and here's my hot take, Dan. Mm-hmm. As long as this, this gets done by December third, because that's the first time the Devils will have to go into Canada, because uh, they're going to be playing in Winnipeg that night. As long as you get it done by then, it's water under the bridge. Okay. You know, just because, because according to Corey Massasek of The Athletic, um, he has this quote from Tom Fitzgerald where Tom Fitzgerald didn't seem too concerned about it by it because he's Fitzgerald said the one player was about to get it, but he changed his mind, but Mm -hmm. we think we can convince him. So it doesn't sound like this is somebody who is being steadfast, stubborn, and, and, you know, they're going to say, you know, I'll, I'll take a page. I'll effectively take a pay cut to not and not play games because I don't want to get this shot. Um, it doesn't seem to be that's that's the case. And, ju- and just as importantly, the other players that were quoted in Massasex article like P.K. Subban, Dougie Hamilton, Miles Wood, um, they all seemed very supportive of the player, too. So it doesn't seem like this is going to cause any locker room acrimony. Now, of course, that's just a couple players. For all we know, other players in the locker room may feel differently. But for now you know, since the Devils are effectively going to be playing in North America for the next, for the first two months of the season, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a long time to get this sorted out. It's not Mm -hmm. something that has to be done immediately. I'd like it to be done immediately just to get it done. You know, preseason games don't count. So if somebody has to miss a game because they don't feel well after getting a shot, fine, you can miss a preseason game. No one, no one's going to care. Mm -hmm. If you start missing regular season games, people are going to care. And you're going to care. It's going to affect your wallet. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, exactly. You should like, that's the thing that I, that boggles my mind here is that, you know, you know, the players are not getting paid like a little bit of money here. Like this is significant money that they're getting paid on a per day basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you're somebody like, say, I'm just going to pick Dougie, Dougie Hamilton's vaccinated everybody. He said so in the article. So it's not him obviously, Mm -hmm. Uh, but his, his salary for this season. Oh, it's only $750,000. Okay, oh. that's a bad example. I will, pick, <laughs> I will pick somebody who gets paid a lot more than that. Most of his money this season is an assignment. Well, I, I think I I'll know pick... your point in general. I, I think it's just a – it's not an insignificant amount per game depending on who you are. It's, it's a exactly. big, big deal. It's a six-figure amount. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you uh, – I don't know. It's the same thing I kind of tell my students where just because you don't know something doesn't mean you'll never learn it, just means you don't know it yet. And hopefully they're able to bring, you know, that player to the conclusion that not only would make things, you know, generally health safer, but also uh, it would probably let the team relax a lot more when they're on their road trips. Cause right now that player and all the players surrounding him on like the team bus, the team plane have to follow certain rules. And so mm-hmm. that, would just be alleviated for everyone if that was the case too. And it's clear that some players in their interviews said that, well, listen, I wasn't really going to get it. And then they announced the protocols and it was a no brainer. So it was the kind of thing it's like, what's the real priority? What's the real reason? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Just get it done. I don't care if you do it because you, you believe in certain things or or you got it because you don't want to lose your money. It doesn't matter. Just get it. Yep. Exactly. All right. So enough on that. Um, (laughs) Hopefully we'll see some news in that regard. But before that, you know, we'll see the Devils play another scrimmage today. We'll see um, probably the first set of cuts happen after today uh, in preparation Mm. for the game. Uh, Maybe tomorrow, not today. Typically the cuts start happening after preseason games, but you may be right because this preseason, I will say, is a cramped preseason. You got six games in two weeks. So, I mean... And if Utica's first preseason game is going to be at the end of, I can't remember if it's October 8th or October 9th, mm-hmm. um, where they will be hosting Rochester, you figure they, Utica needs players for their camp. Their camp is probably going to start next week, probably next Sun, you know, around next weekend. So you might see a couple guys that, you know, if you, you know, might see a handful, but I think the majority of cuts are going to start happening after Wednesday. And hmm. don't be surprised if you see a mass of them on Saturday after the uh, 2 p.m. game in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yep. Yep. And uh, again, it's it should be pretty obvious who's going to make the team or not. It's really only one or two spots that I can think of that are up for grabs, but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. It'll be interesting to see who makes an impression or continues to make an impression as camp keeps going. Yeah. And again, if, if you're someone like a Tice Thompson or a Marion Studenich or a Jesper Bokvist and you don't make the team immediately, that doesn't mean you should just dog it in camp and, you know, save your good, good stuff for Utica. If anything, you want to impress as much as you can. So this way, if you still don't make the team, but the coaches are going to remember this guy did well for me back in September, this guy performed when I asked him to, I need a call up. Who am I going to call up first? The guy who exactly. me in camp or the guy who, um, you know, I called up last year, you know, it's again, it's you're competing for an opportunity for more opportunities. And again, there's not a lot of spots available, like not a lot of big time spots, especially it's a lot of depth spots, but uh, as we know, there's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be guys who are on the fringe. Maybe somebody doesn't play particularly well and you need some support. Well, 
this is your time. And this is sort of why the PTOs are the PTOs, you know, mm-hmm. Frederick Gautier, Mark Jankowski, Jimmy BC, they're nothing but bottom six forwards at this point of their careers. Well, where's the spots on this team, the bottom six. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be it. And just as another tangent point, Dan, mm-hmm. this season is also going to be very important for several devils because some several important devils are coming out of contract this season. Mm-hmm. So this preseason is just as important for those players to get off to a good start to this regular season because they're in a contract year and they stand to make a lot of money. Um, I'm talking about Jack Hughes' ELC ads. So pro tip Fitzgerald, give him an extension as soon as you can. Do, mm-hmm. do what Ratio did with Heischer and you'll be fine. Yeah, but guys like man's contract expiring. Yeah, he's a pending UFA. He could be traded during the season, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. Um, the big ones, and this is where... If you want to start causing cap problems, this is where they could begin. Uh, Miles Wood, Jesper Brat, and Pavel Zaka are all up for new oh. contracts, and they all have arbitration rights too. So this is not something that you can just take your time with. Like once the offseason begins, uh, it's going to be there's going to be a little pressure to get something done. And you know, for Zaka, Brat, and Wood, it's important that they have good seasons so they can get as much money as they can. Um, but Fitzgerald we're gonna, is going to have to be careful with uh, whether or not their contract years are legit whether or not they quote unquote turned the corner appropriately in the case of one Pavel Zaka mm-hmm. and uh, determine, you know, you know, do you have somebody in the system that could take their spot if you want to move on from them? Because uh, again, you're starting to have Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, Graham Clark, Nolan foot. They're starting to, they could make a push in this preseason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to, you know, if from the perspective of the decision makers like Fitzgerald, you have to have a, you have to have a, a, a an eye on the cap from a, and next season, in addition to what's happening going on, even though this is just preseason, like you have to start, you know, penciling out, sketching out like, okay, this is, I, I'm okay with keeping wood for another three years or, mm-hmm. oh, I've got this guy coming up through the system. I'm perfectly fine with letting, you know, I can move wood and bring up this guy and I'm not losing much in value. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, that's why they have still this remaining amount of salary cap space and flexibility. They, they've, approach this issue i think they've approached that with this year being a significant one in mind especially with you know hughes also lined up to get an extension so um hopefully that space is you know going to manifest in a way that they use it on players that are actually helping the team win yeah internally they don't need to chase free agents if these guys all take a step forward which is nice to think about but so far you know we'll see where Pavel Zaka lands in terms of what he's going to get. Now, obviously last year he was fairly productive on the goal scoring end, but we'll see how he performs this year when uh, maybe he'll spend most of it as a winger and that's going to change the situation dramatically. Who knows, but that's what we're going to look forward to as the year progresses. All right. So anything else on our plate for today? Two things of note, Ty Mm -hmm. Smith learned where apparently had a car for some point in the summer, but he just gave it back. Mm -hmm. So he still needs some wheels. Okay. Uh, so car dealership people, if you, you know, want to sale, go contact Tyson. I don't think it works that way. Don't do that. That's creepy. It's <laughs> just pushing advertisements. Yeah. I'm not, not helping sponsored. you. Rake a yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen enough of your commercials. I've, I've lived by route one. I know <laughs> you're, you're doing fine. You know, unless you want to sponsor us in that case, we'll, we'll push whoever there. <laughs> right. But uh, more seriously, there is going to be, there is one new change to the devil's look. Mm-hmm. That was oh. announced on the same day as uh, training camp for the third time in franchise history since moving to New Jersey, I should say. Mm-hmm. So technically the fifth time pants 
have a change. The del- when I say pants, I'm talking about the shorts because let's be real, they're not really pants. They go you down said to their that knee. as if you're introducing the concept of pants into their uniform. <laughs> well, you know, for you know, you can't make assumptions on the internet, Dan. Some people, you know, when you say pants, they assume pants. When in reality, they're like shorts, but yeah, we yeah. call them pants because they're right. hockey pants. The, anyway, Boy, that is more nuanced to the discussion on this than I thought we'd ever have. <laughs> the new look is that they're no longer just a solid black. It's solid black with a gray Devils logo just above the uh, left knee. So the, the Devils are now adding logos, um, which is fine. It's the best logo in sports. I'm okay with adding it. Mm-hmm. It's also pants. It's really hard to get excited for. It's not like you're going to go to the game and rock some hockey pants you know jerseys sure that makes a big deal people wear jerseys normally but not pants they're not going to show up and you're not going to show imagine showing up to a to a game at the rock and you're going to sit down in in those seats with hockey pants on i want good luck if you're going to fit one and two i can't imagine that's going to be very comfortable for two and a half hours but you know you do you everybody but uh the the pants have a different look this year and the other change that has been introduced uh in terms of jersey selling ad space basically uh the capitals basically showed what that would look like for the league and honestly it's as unintrusive as expected it was never going to be something that was you know gaudy i I think of those those european leagues where the entire uniform is basically and uh what the boards look like in terms of advertisements so uh it doesn't seem like it's going to make that big of an impact in terms of the logo obscuring anything it's still going to be just, just like the NBA did it, kind of a integrated logo into the jersey in a way that's away from all the important stuff. So nothing too harmful there. I still don't like it. I still think it's a slippery slope, but clearly I'm not going to get what I want, so I will be quiet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all that being said, we're going to look forward to you know continuing watching the scrimmages, seeing how the roster gets parsed down to the final, uh, what, 2023. 20, or yep, 25? 20, nope, 23 man active roster. We're back to normalcy here. Back to normal. Okay. So yeah, we'll see who the 23 looks like. If you have any sort of guesses or speculation or you, any surprises that you'd like to see make the opening day roster a la Jesper Bratt and um, Blake Spears, I guess, and Brent Sini, that, that kind of role player let us know what you think um and again if you have questions comments concerns criticisms we're happy to accept any and all of them so uh we'll look forward to hearing from you all as the season keeps going we're so close it's right around the corner september has almost ended and we can finally answer yes to the question is it october yet in about a week's time so that's awesome to say and we're really looking forward to the start of the season in new jersey All right, right. that's been our time on this episode. Thank you again for joining us. And as always, I don't think any of you have forgotten, but let's go Devils. Go Devils.